it's, it's all about public safety. You know, if, if the public's safe, everything moves forward. If the public feels safe, everything moves forward. Jesse Armanderas, candidate for 2nd District Board of Supervisors. I appreciate you being here. Thank you. I'm glad to be here. I know that you are a father of a, of a young family who's, you're raising your kids here. So what are those issues watching your children grow up in, in our community that you really feel the most drawn to? It's quality of life, right? Yep. I mean, when you really think about it, it's quality of life. It, it's, it's talking about issues that matter to not just my family, but every family that's in our community. So it's all about public safety. You know, yeah. if, if the public's safe, everything moves forward. If the public feels safe, everything moves forward. Better neighborhoods, better schooling. Kids, you know, if, if a child feels safe, he's going to learn. You know, it's, it's almost going back to one of my school board days. If a child goes to school hungry, he's not going to learn. Well, now we've, we've addressed those issues. Right. Now it's if a child feels safe. You've had a relationship with us here at SEBA through our charities, through various things. But, you know, not everybody who's going to be watching this understands that like we do and yeah. why we've endorsed you. There's one thing specifically for us, you know, when we were trying to affect change, you were the one that was there who came out. You walked neighborhoods with us. You door knocked with us. Explain why that was important to you to be an ally to us, because I, I think that means something. It really means something to us. I've always been an advocate for public safety. And, you know, I've always supported whether it was a school board member with making sure that our school police had the right tools, the necessary tools for them to do their job effectively and for them to come home every night. And that's what I would that's what I would preach. I'd be like, you know, it's, it's bigger than just us, you know, being, you know, advocates for education. You know, even then I was talking about safety. Right. And allowing our, you know, our police to have at the school level to have every resource they needed so that they came home, too. I wanted to be that voice for you guys. Right because I'm that voice where I'm at. It wasn't just me talking the talk. Right. I started walking the walk. Quite literally. Yeah. <laughs> and and that I think that was my way of saying, look, I'm not just going to talk. Right. I'm going to I'm going to do. How do you find out what any of your constituents, but in our case, you know, what law enforcement needs to better do their job and how, how do you work through that? Through the years that I've been able to be a policymaker and make decisions, I've learned that everything isn't always what it appears to be. Right. And I've learned not to, you know, to trust, but you have to verify, you know. And I've said this to, you know, almost every organization I've had the pleasure to work with. I'm like, uh, the worst thing you can ever do is lie to me because we build our relationship off of trust. And if you're going to give me information, please make sure it's correct information. I think it's that communication. You know, you've got to have constant communication. You have to talk regularly. You don't talk during negotiations. You need to talk throughout the whole year. And and I've I've said this a million times. You know, I'm not your friend one time every four years, and I don't want you to be my friend one time every two years. Right. I want to be friends the whole time. I want to know issues before they become issues. I want to know what, what's happening, uh, what things you're concerned with, what things you think need to be implemented, what things you think need to be dealt with now so that it's not a problem tomorrow. I don't, I don't want us to have articles in the newspaper about something if we could have dealt with it a month ago, two months right. ago, three months ago. And I, I think allowing people to understand that my job is to be accessible. My job is to be the advocate. My job is to be a policymaker that does what I believe is the best for my community, but also being able to articulate to you why it's best. Right. You know, because I may not always agree with you. Right. Nor should you. Yeah. Right. I mean. And when I don't, I have to be able to convey to you why, because I've always said I'm accountable for every vote I give. I will tell you why I did it. And we can walk away either saying, OK, I understand now or 
I don't agree with you, but at least I understand you gave meaningful thought into your action. You've been on school board, Mm -hmm. city council, Mm -hmm. and now you're going for board of supervisors. In your experience, what's, you know, something that you can help tell this voting population what your job is and how you intend to, to do it better? My job as a supervisor is to be, more importantly, over everything is to be the advocate for the issues that matter at the county level, which is public safety, mental health. You know, if, if we're going to do uh, some sort of regional developmental plan, being the advocate to, to be out there speaking why it's good, why it's bad, what should we do next? How do you decide which, what you're going to advocate for? You know, I think it's passions. Like, and that, that's what the whole campaign is about, right? If you would have asked me two years ago where my passions lied, and I would have been like, you know, I'm a rank and file. I'm public safety number one because that's what I've, I've done my whole life, and that's what I've known. Um, but my public safety expanded. Right. You know, my public safety isn't, wasn't just about making sure my police officers had the necessary tools they needed. You know, through personal experience and, and, and heartbreak and seeing the pitfalls and the, the lack of in our county when it came to mental health issues and seeing how it directly impacts our public safety, how it directly impacts our homeless numbers, how it directly impacts our society in general right. and how we live. That became my passion. I think we realize, the ones that do the job, we realize we're the tip of the spear for every societal issue that has... Good, bad, or indifferent. Yeah. Correct, right? Mm-hmm. And we get called to the, to the issues that mm-hmm. somewhere along the line something has broken down. I won't say mm-hmm. failed because I think yeah. that's too derogatory. Yeah. So we do understand that. I think that it's how do I get you the tools to take you to that next level where you have the resources so that you guys continue, continue to do your job but also, and I hate to say it that way, take on the next level of that job, which is dealing with these homeless people in the way that, you know, a lot of people, you know, are for and against, you know, different types of ways or methods of dealing with our homeless. You know, for me, I always say it's, it's an all-inclusive, there's no one-size-fits-all, you know, we have to come together. But a, a part of that is going to be, at the very end of the day, enforcement, right. right? 22 interactions with a police officer before a homeless person decides they want help. Not only that, I mean, we have our HOPE team, and studies have shown, even in the county alone, five public safety personnel gets a lot done just simply because of the methods, the the authority, but the HOPE team is not heavy-handed or that kind of thing, so... But there's going to come a time where we have to be a little bit more heavy-handed, and we we need to make sure we have everything else in place. You know, we got to make sure we have all the resources available for the mental health, for the drug addicted, for all the other people who have crisis that we can help that want help. Right. Because I am very much a big proponent of I will help those who want help, but you do not have the right to defecate in my parks. You do not have the right to defecate on a speaker at McDonald's in front of my three year old because that's what happened. Oh, my God. You don't have that right. And to walk away and not have any accountability. Right. Because if you or I to do any of those type of things. We would be arrested. We would go through the whole process, and they do not. So there has to be an accountability component, and I get it. We can't just do it all at once and just say, hey, you know, drop a hard hammer, but we need to make sure if we're going to drop the hammer that we give every opportunity for you to want to change, need to change, have to change. Every one of those opportunities have to be made there. But once that is there, there's no reason why you cannot be held accountable. Well, and I guess that's it's a good segue to why now you're seeking this higher office, right? Higher than the city to be able to get some influence in various different departments and places. It is 100% about being able to do more 
and being accountable more for the things that I've been doing the last eight years. Just explain to us, who is Jesse Armanderis? It goes back to my first daughter being three years old and me seeing her. And I thought to myself, she is not going to have a good of, as a life as I did. Wow. And that's, that's when the light bulb came on for me. That's when, when I said I had to be involved politically. I challenged myself. And I said, you know, um, when she grows up and she becomes an adult, she's going to look at me one day and say, you know, what did you do? Yeah. That's how I felt. That's on, that right. was the, the genuine conversation I had with myself. And I did not want my answer to be I did nothing. That was, I mean, when you ask who I am, that, that, that was my drive. I, I appreciate the conversation. I appreciate the dialogue. You have our full support here at SEBA. We very much hope to see you as the next second district supervisor. Thank you for your time today. Thank you. I appreciate it.